crazy world what we can do? We never stop learning. Welcome everyone to Rita's World. It's a beautiful, cool day here in Burbank. The sun is not out, so the camera cameras don't like the hot sun on them. So we're going to do our podcast in the backyard behind the granny flat. And I've got new drapes. I buy these little colored full curtains that look like a mural. I sew them together, and I have a new set today. So today, I'm happy to announce... I met this neighbor that I'm going to announce about a month ago. We had on the street an open, like, house. Everybody stay away, but six feet apart and wear your mask. And and we got to meet the new people in the neighborhood and have cookies or whatever you can do to share time with each other. And so I met John. John, say your last name for me. <laughs> We're safe enough apart, so yes. I'll take this off. Yes. Uh, Medici. Do you hear that, folks? Because I'm not good at names. But I'm so happy to introduce John Medici. That's very right, John Medici. Yes, Rita, we met, um, though I've lived on this street for 24 years. Wow. Yes. I never knew you. No. And that was the reason why when this COVID quarantine started, I realized, and my wife did too, that... Uh, we don't know a lot of people on the street. Right. Oh, I know Deborah because she's very close to my house, but you're five houses away and I don't know you and I don't know people five houses the other direction. <laughs> and so one of the ladies on the street here, Julie, who um, works in the movies, she and I discussed it and she said, yeah, why don't we do something? And I said, yes, let's have an afternoon when we can all stand in front of our houses and have a walk around, yeah. a walk around. And it really worked. It worked. It was great. I got to meet all new friends. I know. I know. There were two people who lived way at the other end of the street. One lived in the back of the other one's house, and they did not know each other. Oh, my. <laughs> one, yeah, he was a young man. He lived He lived in a guest house right. behind the neighbor. And the the other neighbor on the other side never met him. They walked up and down the same driveway. That's amazing. I know. Well, so, see, that's why we get have these yeah, get-togethers. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Because it's great. Now, John, you have a book that is the best. It's I've, I've just started it, so I don't know all the details. But I want you to talk about Pleasant Avenue, ah. an Italian immigrant family from right. Italy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So when did your family come? What year did they come to oh, America? Oh, my. Long story. But, you know, my mother came here, oh, I guess it's um, more than 100 years ago, just before World War I. Okay. About 1910 or so. My father came after World War I because he was in the Italian army. He was a young man in Italy. However, they knew each other in the small village where each of them was born. They knew each other, their families knew each other. And right. by the way, I go back to Italy to visit and there are remnants of the original family still there. And they take me in real, with such open hearts, oh. I can't tell you. But anyway, my mother came to the United States with her father and, um, Eventually, she got married, maybe around World War I time or right after. And my father came here, and he got married. They married different people, even though they knew each other. Yeah. They just knew each other. Right. Well, believe it or not, my mother's husband died. Uh-huh. 
and my father's wife died. Yes. I guess the influenza at that time, oh. it was much more a time when people didn't recover from a lot of things that we take for granted, you know, and even a normal virus, I pneumonia, could, right. you know, could kill you. So they died. So my uncle, who was living here, my father's brother, he decided, he decided he would put the two of them together. Okay, matchmaker. Because they grew up in the same town. Now, the other interesting thing is that my mother had a son and my father had a son. So now a new family comes together. <laughs> yes, a second marriage for each, a child from each marriage, right. and then they have two children. That's four. Yes. Those are my two older sisters. Okay. And then about 10 years later, my brother, who's two years younger, and I come along. So eventually there were six of us. That's what I was going to ask you. How many? <laughs> six children, yes. Okay. And we, uh, we all, uh, when we were all there at uh, 429 East 114th Street in East Harlem, um, when we were all there, we lived in a um, four or five room cold water flat. Right. You know what those are, Rita? I've heard of them. Well, you walk up the steps and um, there's no indoor heat. Oh, no, no indoor heat. No, aye, certainly aye, aye. no. There's no indoor heat <laughs> and there's hardly ever any hot water. Aye. And uh, we had a stove in the kitchen that was a gas stove, but it also had a an oven, uh, uh, an oven where you could put wood and coal yes. and things like that. Yes. And it heated up well, at least it heated up the kitchen. I don't think it got very far down the line <laughs> to the other rooms. But uh, it was a, a straight flat, you know. They called them railroad rooms because oh. it was just in a straight line. Right. Windows at the back and windows at the front. Oh, my. And uh, that's where we grew up. That's where I grew up. And one of the things I write about is that uh, I'm going to make a confession now. Okay, uh, confession time. My brother and I, when we were kids, we would go to the local, um, well, it was a power plant, and we lived along the East River in New York City. That's where East Harlem is. It's along the East River. Ah. And uh, the um, boats would come and deliver coal to the power plant. Uh-huh. And they, we could hear it. We were four or five streets away, but we could hear it, the coal coming down the chutes. Uh-huh. When the boat left, my brother and I took a little wagon. Oh, you know, one and of those, you scooped up the... You know it. Exactly fall, right. Fall exactly out. right. Well, it, it was under a fence, <laughs> like a cyclone fence. Yes. And, and what you had to do is, you know... Lift it up and then somebody We scoops. put the coal back in there sure, and, sure. and we pulled it home. <laughs> so in a sense, I was stealing. Well, darn it. But, but you were... You were getting rid of the clutter, the litter. You know, it littered the road. No, it was behind the fence. Oh, it was behind the fence. You were stealing, okay. <laughs> but we had to. It's, you, it's, you, you were know. surviving. Yes, of course. It's like in Les Miserables, you know. Uh, he was sent to jail for stealing some bread to feed ah, his family. You yes. Know? That was the original oh. crime that he committed. Uh-huh. So uh, I always thought of that in my adulthood anyway, okay. not as a kid. No, not as, as a, a kid. As a kid, it was a great adventure. Was it? <laughs> and you were proud that you could bring something home of to the course, family. Of course, of course. Of course. And uh, it kept us warm. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was great. a walk up. Okay, good. And then you went, how did you get into acting and all the things you do? Well, there were six of us and uh, I was born uh, one of my first memories 
is of World War II. You mentioned that when you were interviewed as well. I remember when you were interviewed right on your show, you mentioned that World War II. Oh God, yes, my mother was Rosie the Riveter and my dad worked in the ship, they worked in the shipyards. Exactly, well, when the war happened, um, I was little, I was very, very little, and I distinctly remember 1945. Right. The end of the war. Yeah. And Franklin Roosevelt dying. That day is so vivid in my mind. Wow. I was in the first grade, yes. And it was a Friday, I remember that, and I was coming home from the grade school, which was around the corner, and I walked onto the street and it was eerily quiet. You couldn't hear a thing, and I knew something was wrong. Yeah. And people were standing in doorways and quiet. Crying, too. Yes, there were women on the street, they were crying, and, and that was the day. And then a, a couple of months later, my sister, my older sister, who also worked in a factory like your mother did. Yes. My older sister just passed away recently. She was 93 oh, or something. Bless her heart. Yes, I know. Whatever she And uh, she got engaged to a soldier boy, and he was home from Europe a few months after Roosevelt died on his way to Japan. Uh -huh. If you remember, the war was on two fronts. Oh, definitely. So the war in Japan went on. And, and I remember that summer of 45 because he took us, he took me and my younger brother, we were small kids. He took us to a big amusement park in New Jersey. And believe me, getting to New Jersey from East Harlem was one of the biggest adventures I've ever had in really? my life. Yes. Well, first I had to go all the way across Manhattan on a bus to the west side where the Hudson River is. Okay. We lived on the East River. Right. And... Um, take the ferry across, and this was called Palisades Park because it was way up above the river on cliffs. There were, there are cliffs across. That's where the George Washington Bridge goes over. Okay. Uh, but we took a ferry across, and then there was a little bus that took you up to the top, and it was Palisades Amusement Park. It had all the amusement park things and a big pool and so forth. Right. And it's one of my happiest memories doing that. Oh, how nice. Unfortunately, the war ended. Yes. And he didn't have to go to Japan. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, because I went to Korea, and we, but we stopped in ok Okinawa and Midway, and I saw all the places where the war was. Yes, exactly. That was a very, uh, very, very tough very time. Very tough time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of my earliest memories. But... Your original question was, um, how about my, my parents? How did they get here and yes. so forth? Yes. Well, they got here in the usual way that immigrants did. On a boat? Both of them did, yes. Of course. Each of them did, separate times. Right, separate times. You told yes. us that, yeah. Yeah. One of my relatives actually sent me the boat manifest where my father's name is listed. Good. And my uncle, who lived on 114th Street, was his sponsor. Uh -huh. When you came over here in those days, you needed days, a sponsor, you needed a sponsor yes. who could verify yes. that you wouldn't be a drag on the of course. government and of so course. forth. Of course. But remember, there were no laws. Oh. There were no immigration laws. Oh. They really were not. Anybody was could the come. Statue of Liberty there? Well, of course. Oh, so that was, would they see that first when they came over? Yeah, yes. And right now on that uh, island, well, it's Ellis Island. Yes. The one next to it. Um, there's a wall, you know, with names of all of the people who came through. And That's right. 
and my brothers and sisters and I, we, we got my mother's name on there and my father's name on there. Good. Right. And it's still there today? Oh, of course. Oh. It, they did this in 1976. Oh, good. But anyway, they both came to the United States. The harsh laws went into effect after 1920. Oh. Yeah, that's when the Congress really did not want to bring in uh, people, especially from Southern Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that's a whole other issue. We won't okay. get into that. We'll no, poli to no politics today. No <laughs> politics today. Oh, no. We, we, I love everybody, so. Okay. Well. Until I know better. So they got here before all of the new immigration laws and so forth. And uh, Great. lived in East Harlem, you know, with his family. And what kind of work did your father do? Well, that's another story I've written about. I had a very interesting childhood. You know, I never knew that I had an interesting childhood. <laughs> and that's the truth. I never knew it. Oh, you thought it was normal. Well, I didn't think we were normal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, <laughs> I wanted so much to be an American. Ah. See, I was born and raised with another culture completely. Ah. I'm really bicultural. Good because I'm a first generation. My parents spoke Italian. We spoke Italian at home. Great. I understood it. I spoke it, you know. And um, all of our customs, the whole neighborhood was Italian-American. Okay. There were other people there. There were some Jewish people. There were a couple of Irish people, you know. Uh, but it was all, uh, first of all, it was all white because there was, it was harsh segregation in those days. Oh, yes. So East Harlem is separate from Harlem. I see. Which everybody knows as the African-American community, oh. you know, with all the um, jazz clubs and, and uh, famous restaurants that white people would go to, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, big population, you know. Okay. But that's Harlem. That was, that was entirely African-American. East Harlem was not. Okay. And uh, did you get along with the the uh, Irish and those Jewish and all the different people? Did the I write about all of this in the book. Oh, so. good. Good. <laughs> See, I haven't gotten to it yet. Well, it's called Pleasant Avenue because actually, yeah. we actually did live at the corner of 114th Street and Pleasant Avenue. Great. Pleasant Avenue runs about 10 or 12 streets along the East River. Aha. Uh -huh. And um, it runs from 114th Street to about 125th or 6th Street. Okay. Where the Triborough Bridge goes over to the Bronx. Anyway, have you ever been to Manhattan, to New York City? I've been to Manhattan, but I, I love hearing these stories. Yeah, because... well, this is a neighborhood in Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a... I'm a, I'm a real New Yorker. You sure are. Except I've lived here now longer than I've lived in New York. And you don't have a real thick accent, maybe through doing your... Money, theater. money. This cost me so much money to it get rid of... It cost you money to get, get rid of That's, the accent, right? Oh, I love that Speech story. classes galore. Speech, okay, yes. good. But it still comes out. Oh, of course it, and it should. Yeah, push me, proud a, of it. push proud. me in a little bit, and, <laughs> yes. and East Harlem comes out. <laughs> oh, that's great. But anyway, Pleasant Avenue is an actual street, and I think it's ironic because it has a name that sounds as if it were in a small town somewhere. Yes. Main Street, Pleasant yes. Avenue. Yes. And it's in right in New York City. Oh, I'm glad you told us about that because I wondered about that name. How did he get that name? So well, it's it's the story of a place which is the neighborhood, a boy, which is me, and, and the family. So uh -huh. I tell how that all inter, 
into worked amongst each other, you know. Right. It right. were integrated. Integrated. Yes. Right. The neighborhood. Right. My family background hmm, uh, were integrated and the culture and the Italian culture. Right. We were all it was all one. Okay. Now, as I got to be a little older, 14 or 15, even before that, I was watching a lot of American movies, a lot. I wanted to be James Cagney. Oh. I wanted to be Humphrey Bogart, Spencer Tracy. I wanted to be those people, you know? Yes. And I knew that those people were not Italian-American. <laughs> oh. There were very few Italian-Americans in those days in, in the movies. Uh -huh. This is long before De Niro, Pacino, so forth. Oh, it was. Scorsese, oh. long before. Okay. And uh, anyway, I wanted to break away from my family, so I'm kind of a rebel. Okay. I was considered a rebel. I, was, I like rebels. I was very rebellious at the very same time. Yes. I was so connected to my family and my culture. Okay. I never realized how much I was. Right. So connected. And it was very difficult for me to break away. Very difficult. And you pointed out speech. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the things I let go of. In fact, when I got to be a young man, as a, studying acting and so forth, I almost denied my background. Oh. I never talked about it. Oh. I never, never revealed who I really was. I had a different name. Oh, boy. Yeah. I've had a couple of different names. Okay. And um, I was escaping something, you know? Yes. So you want to know why I wrote the book? Yes, that's... Okay. During yeah. that time, I didn't talk about my childhood at all. But I was dating a woman. Now I was now over 30 years old. And I was dating a woman who was a very well-known Broadway actress. Oh. And she had a lot of friends. And so we'd go to dinner and I'd me I met a lot of people through her. And uh, at one dinner, I can, you know, I, it's one of those moments in life where you still remember. Okay. Although it happened so many years ago. Right. We were at dinner talking and uh, she knew a lot about me. She actually had met my mother, which was a big deal for me to bring a woman home to meet my mother. Oh, that's true. Now I'm over 30 years old, really, yeah. but I'm still a captive, you know? Uh -huh. So she said, Johnny, why don't, you, why don't you tell, you know, so-and-so about how your mother, how she was, you know, when I met her and so forth. And, uh, I was a little reluctant, so I started talking, and I started talking about food. Right. Yeah, because we were at a Chinese restaurant. Okay. And I started telling how my mother tried to cook American food, but it always came out, you know, like fried sausages. <laughs> I asked her to make pancakes once, and she took all the batter like this, and she made meatballs out of them, but, they were, <laughs> but it was a, a pancake, you know. So... Um, and I started joking about it. You know, I said, well, my mother was so Italian that, or I was too, when I sat down, I left olive oil stains. And, uh, <laughs> you know, thing, I, I was telling jokes about it. Yeah. For the first time, I never really talked about it. I really, I mean that. Okay. And this woman, not my actress friend, but the woman I was talking to, she and her husband, this woman said to me, my gosh, this is wonderful. You should write a book oh. and call it Remembrance of Things Pasta. Oh. 
Okay. Now you know that's the famous book, Remembrance of Things Past. Right. Uh, it's it's a very famous um, autobiography. Very very famous in literary circles. It's difficult to get through, but it's a beautiful book. And I never forgot that uh -huh. remembrance of things pasta because I talked about pasta a lot. Right. You know all the shapes and the sizes and so on. Yeah. And um, I always remembered that. So now I'm in California and I've been here over 30 years, and uh, I went back to using my real name, which is John Medici, and that's how I was mostly billed. I was always billed in the uh, in the movies or TV that way. Okay. And I began to think, I think it's time to write some stories, write them down. So John, where can we get the book? Tell me, because tell the audience, because I think this is the best reading book and we're all gonna enjoy it. So how do we get the book, John? Okay, the very simple answer, it's called Pleasant Avenue and you can get it on Amazon. It's as simple okay. as that. Oh good. Yes, just get it on Amazon. There's a page there with the book. John Medici, Pleasant Avenue. It's yeah. real simple. Okay, so thank you, everyone. We're gonna, John and my friend, uh, Glenn Dunsweiler has to leave, so we have to make this short, but we're gonna do another interview because I haven't gotten all the questions answered. I wanna know more about my neighbor who lives down the street, and your wife, Marcia, is certainly welcome to come next oh, time, too. All right, I will, okay? I will remind you. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. I love everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Rita's World, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye. See, world, what we can do? We never stop learning. <laughs>